Hello, and welcome to Enjoy an Album with Liam Withnow and Cristoban MacArthur Boyd. Uh, this week we are talking about Being Funny in a Foreign Language by the 1975. We didn't discuss the title of the album, which I've just realised. We didn't even do Dream Sleeves. You only feature where well, you... we did talk about the album. Oh, sleeve. yeah, we did. We did, yeah. But we we did, do the... the name, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. What do you think of the title? It's amazing because it's kind of talking about like um, the impossibility of when you learn a new language. I had the Stavi was doing a podcast, Stavros, mm. Halkius, mm-hmm. and he was saying he knows Greek, but not enough Greek to be funny, so he can't, yeah, he can't pick up, can't be women. himself. Oh, can't pick up women. Oh, yeah, yeah, which <laughs> fair enough. Uh, uh, so it's like, it's, and it's just about that distance between well, language and how language gets in the way of uh, love. If this is your first time watching the podcast, yes, it is all like this. <laughs> Um, <laughs> every week we do a new album and then we talk about dumb shit. Um, exciting news this week is that very soon, from February, I think, February beginning, we will be launching the Enjoy an Album Patreon. Honk, 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 honk. Honk, honk, honk. If you are uh, enjoying Album Ultra. Honk if you are horny for <laughs> two extra episodes a month. Two extra eps. Uh, early <laughs> access to these episodes a day early um ad free because from the next three months at least we have uh teamed up with manscaped uh you'd have maybe heard the advert before or after not sure where i'm putting it yet um so if you are particularly uh do not like um us talking about our balls then patreon is a place for you <laughs> um and also early access to stuff like live shows um um, certainly ones that we're doing enjoying album live shows maybe even some individual shows we worked out um as well as discussion on the patreon voting on which albums we cover suggestions for which albums we cover all kinds of fun stuff that'll be coming next month we're just getting in there now early to let you know to save up your pretty little five pounds um in in order to do that but that's cool it's coming it is coming (laughs) Also, Christopher is going to provide ASMR um, of him just pointing at things and saying whether or not they're coming. It's coming. That'd be an example of one that is coming. Uh, <laughs> I love the ASMR where they have a little comb and they go. Do you like ASMR? No, it kind of gives me the horn. So. so this is the thing that the ASMR community hate because they are like, it's not a sex thing. But for you it is. I always used to get it when I was drawing with charcoals. The feeling of the charcoal on the paper would make me go... Ooh. It grosses me out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got it. No, but this, this your ASMR is supposed to feel nice. Here's the thing. So the idea of ASMR... It's a powerful weapon. The comedian, Gareth Much, a friend of mine, he has he experienced ASMR. And before... I remember, I remember him telling us about it. I've got ASMR. Before it, it was <laughs> even like a well-known <laughs> big thing. Yeah. And he would say, "I get the tingles. I, yeah, I, I, it like it's tingly." But they said that didn't really describe it properly. He didn't mm. have the the words, the vocabulary in order to describe what it was. And we were like, "What the fuck is that?" About? This is quite a few years ago. And now, since this then, this was before the ASMR became accepted. It has been. It has blown up. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm gonna say. Right. I don't think that everybody who talks about ASMR experiences what he experiences. I think there's a little bit of performative. ASMR appropriation. What are you talking about? Why would what is the cultural cachet that would come with that? Oh, you, people are online. People love that shit. Come on, people. I love ASMR. I like the one where he's eating a chocolate bar and it's. I don't think you do. 
I don't think you do. Why Sorry. would someone pre- Sorry, why would someone pretend to be accepted by a community? <laughs> Freaks. Right. ASMR, erasure. I'm sorry if I get cancelled for this, yeah, but that's fucked up. Man. That's what I think. I think I don't think you all have the tingly thing. That's all I'm saying. I get it from charcoals, and so do you. It t- no, it doesn't make me tingle. It makes me go. Ugh. Is that not what it is? Maybe I don't have it. I just like I get Swedish women rubbing. Um, uh, the, the and that's fine. You like that. You can like that. Yeah. But I don't think that's not the same not as having rubbing. tingly ASMR sensation that some people have. I don't know. You're going to need to investigate and come back. <laughs> you can enjoy watching those things Sure Why are we talking about this? This week we're talking about 1975 <laughs> The pop rock band from Cheshire uh, Is there anything so damning to say about a rock band But have it suffixed by the words From Cheshire oh. <laughs> Anyway I liked it um, Spoiler alert And uh, and we're going to talk about it for an hour So thanks for watching And look forward to the Patreon Yep um, and thank you for downloading. We're going to be doing full ASMR three-hour streams. Yep. Where I just touch but exclusively uh, for people who definitely get the tingling <laughs> sensation, and nobody Liam, else. Liam's going to do ASMR live to you in an MRI machine where we're going to scan your brain and see what's happening. <laughs> I bet you didn't know uh, ASMR fascism existed. Now you do. Okay. Um, enjoy enjoy <laughs> your lives. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the number one in below-the-belt grooming. Uh, Both Christopher and I have upped our grooming game significantly in the last two months. Um, Just before we recorded, we were both admiring each other's nude bodies. Um, Utterly hairless, clean, beautiful. And like a dolphin. Uh, Yeah, like a dolphin with a boy's penis. Uh, Which some of them have. <laughs> well, the boy ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, have you ever seen a shark? Never mind, we're going to do an episode. Have you ever seen a shark's penis? It looks crazy. It's like a vagina. And really? then the, the shark's vagina looks like a penis. And you wow. think, what's going on with these sharks? <laughs> but regardless, we're sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, and you should do it. I, I, it's not just below the belt as well. It's also above the nostril. I used nasal hair trimmer. For realsies. On my head as well, in my ear. Do you get ear hair? So I don't, I haven't entered the ear hair stage in my life yet, but I do get... Would you, I'm not older than you. What are you talking about? You're still... You're yeah, but we're all through different stages ears. of our lives. Yeah, but I don't have ear hairs. You do, I so had, we have different stages. What do you mean? Yeah, did you notice? Did I notice your ear hair? Yeah. No, you just told me that you've right. used it on your okay. ears. Good. I um, used it on my nose, and I was like, wow, this shit bangs. No, but people were saying to me, they were like, you look like you got a daddy long legs in there, <laughs> and its legs are hanging out, and now... I mean, I feel now, great. What are they saying now? They're saying, whoa, your nostrils are so smooth. <laughs> and I actually have a weird shaped nose that some people will bring up to me when I'm drunk and I get angry at them. Um, your, your nose is- Just the nostrils are kind of like diagonally oval or something, you know? Not nice. I want a round nostril, like all my heroes. When you have visible nostrils, you don't want hair in there. Dude, honestly, it was disgusting. People were bringing it up and then I used this product and my nostrils have never felt better. I've spoken before about the comfort. I'm wearing the Manscaped boxers Mm -hmm. today because they are my favourite boxers. They're so comfortable. Whenever they are, whenever I've had a wash done, they're now premium first pair I wear before the next wash gets done. Every single day. They're in the top three for me. (laughs) <laughs> Great. Uh, so, hey, how do you get uh, smooth nostrils, ears, and wonderful uh, boxer shorts and a nice trim set of knackers? Well, you get the Manscaped kit. Get it on the manscaped.com. Use our code, album20. 
You get 20% off. We continue to get sponsored. They continue to pay for the studio. We have a good time all together, okay? One of the best ways you can support your favorite podcast and your own bollocks is by going to Manscaped and using the code ALBUM20. Do it now or after the episode, preferably after the episode. And also if you don't have bows and you're a lady or you're a lady with bows or a man who doesn't have them, whatever your configuration is, you can use this. Whatever your configuration is, you can use this. And that's the Enjoy an Album Promise. You're listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to some of the greatest albums of all time. Here is Apple Music's introduction to being funny in a foreign language by the 1975. 20 years into their time together as a band and approaching the 10-year milestone of being a hugely successful one, mm. the 1975 felt in better shape than ever. Self-reflection, sobriety, even fatherhood have influenced the way the four-piece, assisted by producer Jack Antonoff, approached the creation of their fifth studio album, resulting in 11 songs that distill the essence of the 1975 without ever feeling like they're treading old ground. Jack Antonoff, man. He's back, man. Jack, uh, Jack, Jack Antonoff. Jack off and out enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's guy. back, baby. You Tell you him. what I noticed. Uh, when he produced Lord on mm. Solar Power, what's the album cover? The Big Ass. Big Ass. The big when booty. When he produced St. Vincent on Mass Seduction. Whoa. What was the album cover? Another. It was her in like pink tights bending over. And a leotard, yes. Yeah. And, and what's here? Why is, why is Matt Healy's cheeks not spread open with his little... Uh, Chocolate starfish hanging out, eh? I read an interview with Jack Antonoff the other day where he spoke about how he uh, thrives producing young women. And that feels weird. What did they say that for? And it's, it's like Lord, mm-hmm. St. Vincent, Taylor. Taylor, Taylor Swift, and a few others. Mm-hmm. And it's all young, beautiful. He said he thrives in that environment. Pretty much. Speaking of guys who have been inappropriate with young women recently, this week we're doing the 1975 <laughs> with Matt Healy. What did you think about that? Because that's one of the things that I was kind of wanted to do this podcast about this. I wanted to listen to this to see what is this guy actually doing? Okay, so let's make sure we go about this the right way. For anyone who doesn't know, Matty Healy, lead singer of the pop rock band The 1975, they are on tour at the moment. And it seems like every date they do, he does something wild, controversial, filmable, and gains another viral moment out of it. Uh-huh. And the most recent, well, one of the recent ones is he, like, there was a girl going, oh, my God, kiss me, kiss me, 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 me. kiss me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me see your ID first. And then she gets her ID out. And he, when he realizes that she is um, overage, <laughs> he then plants one on her. Now, a lot of people were like, oh, no, no, they were like, um, so this guy's checking IDs, which is what you should do before you kiss someone. And you think that's bad? And it's like, oh, there's a power dynamic here, isn't there? There is a power dynamic. I mean, that I think probably is okay if a girl is going, kiss me. And you're like, not if you're a singer. You know, I mean, there's that who's fucking Monica from Friends did it in that musical music video. Like she was being paid as an actress. <laughs> what? No, he pulls her out of the crowd. That wasn't, yeah, I guess, um, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he's the boss. Bruce Springsteen kissed 
He's like seventy now, though. He's yeah, not kissing he kissed young anybody. Woman in the crowd. He was lips fucking crumbling into dust. <laughs> Little <laughs> biscuit <laughs> lips. <laughs> Little digestive Springsteen lips, man. That guy's face is a fucking uh, assortment. <laughs> He's, He's like got that. part of an expert. <laughs> <laughs> his lips are little nice biscuits um i think though that when it comes to kissing um women as a man in your 30s you should adopt a challenge Late 30s uh, uh, he's 30 he's, no he's my age he's 33 this actually pissed me off loads of people saying oh he's nearly 40 and he's checking ids it's like um he's 33 dickheads there is a difference yeah very important it's getting there though isn't it it's just close to 25 Nearly. So you want, to do, you want to do challenge 25? I think you should adopt a challenge 25 policy when it comes to kissing women in your audience. In that, if they look less than 25, don't fucking go near them. Just generally, you know? I would just say, I don't know. I just think it's weird. You just don't like people kissing. I don't like, I love people kissing. Too much, arguably. I'm a pie watcher. You know, I've seen it. You're a what watcher? Pie watcher. What's that? So one of the worst things you could be when I was a wee guy was pie watcher. <laughs> when you see people kissing and you fucking watch them right and if someone sees you doing it and they go he's a pie watcher <laughs> that guy has never kissed anybody and he's watching people because he doesn't even know about it right is that a scottish term it might have just been a bailson term <laughs> if i'm honest with you you're a pie watcher pie watcher but i was always if i saw two 17 year olds kissing when i was 10 you check their id <laughs> i go matt matt I didn't even know who it was at the time, do you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, crazy times. I didn't know they'd be going for 20 years. Well, they formed when they were in as teenagers. Oh, okay. So th 13 years old, they got together. So technically, yes. So um, we always start with, like, what did you know about them before we sort of get into them? So obviously yeah. he's been going viral with all these crazy moments from this big <laughs> tour show. I watched one of the tour shows. It's yeah. on YouTube, live at Madison Square Gardens. It went out. It was on Amazon Music. Mm. Your favourite company, Amazon. You and Jeff Bezos, big big pals. We, we love we love the same TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> That's something we were talking about before that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's impressive, the live show at Madison Square Gardens. It fucking better be if you're playing there. It's it's like, but the, the set is like, it's purposefully very theatrical. Like mm -hmm. it looks like you're about to watch a play. Mm -hmm. There's like, you know, when you watch a play and there's like half a house, like a sitcom set. Yeah. It's kind of what it looks like. And they sort of arrive and it's very like the, the lighting, like when they arrive before they go on stage, there's like the sound of a car arriving. <laughs> and then uh, you hear like car doors slamming as if they're getting out of the car and into the house. And then even a blick, blick as they lock the car and the light comes on. And it's like... Ah, interesting. That's absolutely sick. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. right? And then Matt Healy just walks out and just fucking lights a fag. And I'm like... That's cool. No, it's not cool when you watch it. Oh. It's like you've done this amazing setup to just come out then as you are anyway. Um, but that's a theatrical thing, isn't it? You might be smoking one of those theatre cigarettes. I wouldn't be surprised. Here's the big question that we're going to face this week. Is it possible for your behaviour to cringe your way out of having a good album? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I was just going to say with regards to the... There was another kind of viral moment of the Madison Square Garden thing where um, he was smoking a fag and he was sitting in a chair. Yeah. And he was just like... Just like rubbing know, people himself. People say, I'm feeling myself. But this is a, it's like, oh, I'm feeling good about myself. He was literally just as if he'd taken MDMA for the first time. Yeah, he's like stroking himself. That's a part. And... and so he's, he's smoking, so stuff. rubbing his body, and then he gets on the ground and he does push-ups. <laughs> I didn't see that. 
He does push-ups. He does push-ups. That is sick. And then, and this is the most entry-level Banksy-style, like, social commentary that you can get. Like, he's watching the TV, and he's, like, stroking the TV, and sometimes he's flashing himself, but then it cuts to, oh, it's an image of Jeff Bezos, or, oh, it's an image of fucking Ben Shapiro. You can't really premiere your Madison Square Garden live show on Amazon Music and then go... And do you know who's ruining this planet? Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Like Mark Zuckerberg's like face is there. And he's like stroking the screen. And then Matt Healy climbs into the TV. Ooh. That's sick. We live in a society. We okay? do indeed. He climbs into the TV and I was like, oh my God. And then he comes out. And here's the crazy thing. Before he went in, um, he was shirtless, right? But the shirt he had been wearing <laughs> was like a white shirt. Yeah. With like a black tie. And he climbs into a TV and then he comes out and now he's wearing a black shirt. And I just think that says so much about society. You know? I just, I think this is great. <laughs> Had you ever listened to this band before this week? When they were nominated for the Mercury Prize a couple of years ago, for I was the like... 2018 one, the one about uh, an inquiry and online relationships? No, the, the other one, earlier than that, um, where I love it when you sleep because you're so beautiful, but yet you do not realise it or whatever. Uh-huh. But yet you were so unaware, I think. Uh-huh. I, I put that on and I listened to it and I kind of just went, hmm, really? Yeah. And I, that was it. I listened to it once and just went, hmm, okay. I listened to it because everybody was talking about it and I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, sure. <laughs> you know, I loved uh, one of those songs. Love it if we made it. I love it if we made it. Yeah, that was a song you used to sing on Twitch. I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's where I know that you know that song from. <laughs> Why did they sing that? Whenever you were playing Dark Souls and you were trying to do like a hard bit, if you got through the hard bit, you'd go, "I love it if we made it." That's great. Shout out to the CMB Hive on Twitch. Shout out to the CMB Hive. Long time, no no, no buds. <laughs> um, yes. Love the sound of those bees. Um, yeah, I don't remember doing that, but that's, if I saw someone doing that, I would like it. Yeah, and that's a, it's a, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more than capable of writing good songs. And see the cool thing they do in that is they do the chorus twice, but then the third time they do the chorus, which is right after the same time they do the chorus, the, it changes. And it's like... They love that muted bass. Yes, they do. Yeah. And then the fourth time they do the chorus, there's no version of it. The first and second time they do it. I mean, it's sick. Sick shit. Uh, Fucking in the backseat, taking lots of heroin. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He, um. Love it if we made it. So, like, they, they kind of have it all, really. They're, they're critically acclaimed. Like,. Two Mercury Prize nominations. That doesn't go without a sniff. I know. Four best new music, I believe. Um, or three. They uh, five number one albums now, mm-hmm. including a couple in America. Mm. Um, a tour that fucking sells like crazy, um, and all this mad everything that Matt Healy does seems to go viral. Are you saying that's a kind of like? I watched the Zane Lowe interview with him. Mm. Um, and I meant to bring this I meant to bring this up because when Stu was on, when you were sick and your husband and Stu mm-hmm. came on, because um, I remember when we done the Harry Styles episode way back during like the pandemic. We watched that. I remember watching the Zane Lowe thing. Um, I remember going for a walk in the park. Go for a walk in the park with Stu McPee, and I was telling him, oh, "I've been watching the Harry, Harry Styles interview with Zane Lowe," 
Um, and he went, God, Zane Lowe just loves everybody, doesn't he? And I, I think of that all the time and I laugh because he literally could be speaking to anybody. And he yeah. goes, oh, my God. You know, I'm sitting here with Fred Dest and I'm thinking, <laughs> God, you know, when chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavoured water came out, that really just changed. Where is it from? The way I thought about it is from New Zealand. <laughs> Zane Lowe, I'm sitting here in a big hoodie with baggy jeans wow, on. Wow, I'm sitting here with uh, with Harold Shipman and <laughs> and I just think I just I just love what you've been doing, bro. I remember when your single came out, Harold, when that one first dead old person came out, you know. <laughs> it sh- I put him on twice on my radio one shot said he's killed a person. He loves everybody. You're right. You just literally like hey, so I was just going, God, I'm sitting here in your Malibu beachfront apartment and God that new record just came out. I love it. It's such a transgressive statement of gender. And do, and does he love May Healy? Oh my god! I remember when your first record came out on CD, and I played it twice in a row. <laughs> he played it twice when Chocolate came out on the first. You know the you always see it in like mm. best selling vinyl lists of the last uh, twenty years. This is the first 1975 album, it's like black. Mm-hmm. And when that came out, Zane Lowe played the, the first single, I think it was Chocolates or Sex, I think it's called. Mm. Um, and he, he played it twice in a row. On, like on his unknown. radio show? He broke them. Wow. And then Matt Healy's like, Yo, I remember when you um, played that song twice. You know? Yeah. I, I think one of my first times I was aware of Matty Healy, mm-hmm. separate to the 1975, as his own individual phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Is that interview of his that went viral where he's like curling his hair and like smoking a fag? But I just want to know, like, um, you know, like I'm an atheist. Where's my rights? Like, as an atheist, mm-hmm. you know, like Catholics have rights, Jews have rights, <laughs> Muslims have rights. Like, you can't offend anyone. What about me when I when I'm offended? And it was like such a sort of coked up, watched a fucking Ricky Gervais stand up, mm-hmm. five in the morning, trapped with someone in a. In the corner of a kitchen. He is the living embodiment of, like, come down chat. Yeah. You know? That's when he's doing it. I think he's rubbing himself with it. I think he knows that, though. And he... Well, yeah, and he sort of plays up to that a bit. Yeah. He's more self-aware than I think people give him credit for. I watched him on Chicken Shop Date. Have you ever watched that show? <laughs> I think I watched one or two of them because I wanted to do a similar thing called Saucy Supper Date. <laughs> And my agent said that already exists. <laughs> Who would be on Sausage Supper Date? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you, Matt Healy, and Harold Chip <laughs> and Zane Law. Dr- I, was- I remember the first time I had a sausage supper. I played it twice on my radio show. Where's my sausage supper? <laughs> like all these other people here have sausage supper. Where about my sausage yeah. supper? No, a chicken shop date. What's about fucking uh, the YouTube viral series and chicken? You have chicken shop date. You have hot ones. Mm-hmm. And then you have the pengist munch. Do you remember that? He was great. The, the well, time did he start killing people? I don't. How do Shepman start? Did he start putting, killing people? Did he start putting poison in the chicken? Well, he didn't cook the chicken. No, he reviewed. He reviewed the chicken shops around London. He was great. I loved it when the fire came up. Um, and he was at Krepchek. Did a mm-hmm. cool fucking. Had cool shoes on. Um, this is Amelia. What's her surname's? Baylor. No. Is not Amelia's name? Different Amelia. Oh. Vicar Amelia from Bloodburn. 
Chicken Shop Day is hosted by Amelia Dingdingborg. Dingdingborg? <laughs> I don't know you her name. I don't know. I was hoping you would. What if, Nessie, if you're sitting out, hitting out with the, you know, <laughs> the name Dingdingborg? So- <laughs> it's Amelia the Moldenberg. That's, That's what actually I said. close. You didn't That's say that. What I said. You said Ding Dingberg. <laughs> no, I did not. Let's not focus on what we may or may not have said. And apologies to Amelia, who I think is very funny. Amelia Baylor. And also Amelia, that one. Ding Dingberg. <laughs> the Hindenburg. Um, <laughs> the Ding Dingberg explosion killed many people. Chicken shop in London exploded. That's the so bones, offensive to that poor girl who's the very bones funny. went through people's heads. She's very funny. <laughs> and she. She has Matt Healy on. Oh, yeah. And um, you can tell that Matty kind of feels like he thrives in situations like this. He's like, yeah, it's like a meta fake date interview where she, it's kind of like, uh, it's it's kind of like a flirty between two phones. It's like, it's a not real interview, you know, going to say things that are slightly not offensive, mm-hmm. but like, going to take your piss. Going to poke at you Tweak a little bit. Nips. Absolutely. Yeah. And Matty's like, oh, I like having my nips tweaked, <laughs> you know? So he tries to do it back. And um, the energy's off, man. Mm. It's not good. And at one point, he's like, why don't we just kiss? Ugh. Why don't we just kiss? Just is real. Just kiss me. Just give me a kiss. And you can tell Amelia's thinking, I mean, if I kissed him, big viral moment, but I don't want to give him the victory. So she goes, no. Mm. No, I don't want to kiss you. And you can tell he's gutted. No wonder. That's the big highlight of the video. It's rough. Yeah. They don't eat much chicken. No. Is he vegan? No, but has those vibes. Yeah. Has the vibes of someone who tried being vegan, but it was too difficult. It's hard enough getting off heroin, man, if you're, you know. What is it? He's like, you know, he's been to rehab and he's he's a recovering smackhead. Uh-huh. Um, I can say that as a recovering addict. Um, but he's, You didn't do heroin. I did lots of drugs, though. You didn't do heroin. I've done lots of drugs, but I've done heroin. Yeah, but... I've done not a lot. So, do you want to do a trumps of drugs? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have a misunderstanding. If you're sitting there with your cut, your, you know, your handful of cut. I'm sitting here with two, a three, mm. a six, and a nine. You're sitting there, nine, eight, Jack, King. What you don't understand? He's sitting there in this car where I feel what flush. You, of what heroin. you don't understand about the recovery community mm. is that there is no top trumps. My thing was harder than your thing. We all understand that addiction. It can be anything. Of course. And and no matter what it is, it can be as disrupt, disruptive. And if you need help, there is help out there. <laughs> From Chris. <laughs> if you Sorry. need help beating Dark Souls. <laughs> I love it if we made it. I love it if we made it. He was there saying... Anyway, the, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, I don't think he... I mean, uh, far... From it, thing is, when you go to rehab, you are um, encouraged to take an abstinence-based recovery, right? So that means no taking anything. So you can get off the heroin, but you can't drink instead. can't do coke instead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can smoke. But then these live shows that he's doing, he's drinking. And he's drinking out of his flask. And he seems to be pretty drunk. So I think he is currently... Is it Adele and anything though, where he's got a glass of wine, but he's not drinking that much wine, is he? I mean, maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. Is it Rabina? Um, or he's drinking out of a hip flask. That could be Rabina. It could be I've, anything. I've played that game before. <laughs> It, it could be anything. And it, it, if it's not, then it speaks to the Matty Healy performing as Matty Healy nature of the whole thing. But if it is, then, you know, he is an active drink and drug user still. 
I was going to say in the interview with Zane Law, he's talking about going to rehab and stuff. He's like, I went to rehab and all these guys were like, I've lost everything. And I hadn't lost anything, you know. Mm -hmm. I hadn't lost my family. I hadn't lost any possessions. I hadn't lost my band. They were all rock bottom. But I was like, fine. Mm. I was just on heroin. It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it. Um... Oh, oh, I have... I love um, his gloves. Sorry, what can I just mention, to go back to Chicken Shop Date mm -hmm, yeah. for a moment, that was home to my YouTube <laughs> comment of the week. Okay. This was a comment one month ago from the user, no Facebook for me. That was the name? Yeah. <laughs> no Facebook for me. Said, there's no way that none of the guests have fallen for her. <laughs> Even if a bit, even if this is generally staged, her half acting, half real conversations are charming her guests. It's not the other way around. <laughs> she is so attractive. She is pretty, but it's her personality, her demeanor, her charm that truly makes her beautiful. Um, and comment after that says... Love Amelia's dates. I reckon she should come to Australia and do some dates with Australians. We have very good chicken shops. <laughs> and I actually disagree with that because a lot of the chicken in Australia fucking sucks. There's Red Rooster out there, though. Yes. It's terrible. Oh. Fucking cum baguette. It's nasty. Oh, there's almost came in it. You are. You're, and they have chicken salt out there as well, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But I was talking to a farmer about this, about why the chicken in Australia is bad. <laughs> You talked to Australian farmers? No, I was talking to an Irish farmer. Right, okay. On and your farming saying, podcast. Because he'd been in Australia and I was like, what's up with the chickens over there? Christopher McFarmer Boyd. <laughs> Big farmer. Um, <laughs> I was talking to this Irish farmer. Uh, well, it's Tom Mahoney, the comedian. What? I was saying to him, well, why are the chickens in Australia suck so bad? And he was like, it's because they don't feed their chickens the same stuff we feed them. So we are used to the chickens eating like, uh, I don't know what we chicken feed, I guess, over there. It's Dog like, feed. It's like the outback, man. You know, there's not enough grass or yeah. whatever chickens eat. So they've. I, I just find chicken, Australian chicken, very chewy. <laughs> I think you've had an overcooked chicken. I stayed in Australia for two months, separate bits, west coast, south coast. Nothing it's called that, but down the bottom. Perth and Adelaide, many chicken endeavours were had. Never had a nice chicken. You never had chicken schnitty? Yes. Which is good. But it's nicer here because we feed our chickens, right? Right. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Let's get into the background. Can I do my unhinged YouTube comment of the week? Uh, yes. Unhinged YouTube comment of the week. It's uh, from the music video for the song Happiness, the second track on this record. And uh, a guy called Weston Payne mm. four months ago said, going through a rough breakup from an abusive partner right now. And this literally couldn't have come. A better time. New chapter, new happiness. And then a guy called Tom oh Mochinok responded no said, Tom. This will not help you long term. <laughs> <laughs> this will not help you long term. Please get therapy or buy the whole album. <laughs> One of the two. If you can't afford therapy, 
buy the whole album. Go to Zavi. <laughs> You'll feel better. That's fantastic. Does Zavi still exist? Uh, I don't know. No. Yeah. HMV is still going strong. <gasps> That's strong. It went and then it came back. HMV. Yep. What's that noise? I just make a noise with my mouth sometimes. <laughs> what a horrible, weird noise. Nah, it's fun. Getting out for sale on vinyl. <laughs> no, it's fun. Disagree. Um, <laughs> should we get into, um, let's do some mud raking on Mr. Matthew Healy. Secret Pasha. Oh, did I can end this daily? Secret Pasha. Secret, secret Pasha. You do it fast and it feels like no show. I got the money. I got those bro. Secret Pasha. Um, Matty Healy. You know this? Matty Healy is not famous enough to have his own individual Wikipedia page, which I find... That's not true. It is true. Mm, cannot be. He's yeah. a famous man. I know. He's the kind of trendy Harry Styles. If you go to Matty Healy, it just takes you directly to the 1975's own page. I think that says a lot about the band. That's bizarre. I think it speaks more about the band than it does about him. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, but what I can tell you is that he is, a lot of people know this, I think, he is a Ultimo <laughs> Nepo baby. He is the son of Denise Welch, winner of 2009 Celebrity Big Brother and star of Loose Women. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Healy from Afrida Saint Pet. What I will say about those two people is they are hardly working for Raytheon. Absolutely. You know, That's not... why I said Nepo babies are not... You said ultimate Nepo baby. He is a Nepo baby. Come on. His parents are both famous. The millionaires. Yeah. I would imagine. And But they're from working class background, sure. Yes. But he's not. No, he's from Cheshire. Yeah. And and like the cat. The way he talks is, you know, like that. Moneyed. Did you ever watch Afri the same pet? <laughs> is is that the sitcom that's set in like Nazi occupied France? No. Where's it? Hello, hello. Hello, hello, you're thinking of. Oh, what's Afri the same pet? <laughs> Afri the same pet was like a comedy drama right, yeah. on the BBC. It's fantastic. It's about a bunch of. Proper Geordie lads. Geordies. And they are tasked with moving a bridge from Germany to the Tain. Or During the war? Nothing to do with the war. Nothing to do with the war. Okay. Sorry. So, and Pet. It's a really clever name. It's like saying goodbye, Pet. And it's, you know, but it's in Afwiedersen Pet. Afwiedersen. And I remember when it came back, the advert said, Afwiedersen um, Pet is back. Like that. <laughs> And me and my friend Pat thought that was just the funniest thing. So we, we would chat at each other from across the school playground. Mm. Afwiedersen, Pet is back. <laughs> and Tim Healy from that, Geordie actor. Uh-huh. Um, you know comedian Gavin Webster? Proper jokes. Proper jokes handcrafted by myself. <laughs> um, Pastiche. <laughs> Honolulu. <laughs> There are, great, great, great guy. He's very good at knowing which words sound good and funny in his own accent. Mm. So there's a famous Gavin Webster routine called where, about pandas, right? And uh, if you look it up on YouTube, it has been recorded at a big theatre in Newcastle for a big special, and he is introduced to the stage by Tim Healy. Oh, my God. So there we are. I so, know a guy who knows this guy's dad. That's right. So we are... What we are what three? The Matty Healy factor is we are three. If we really, really, really needed to, matter of life and death, we could probably get hold of Matty Healy within a few hours. If a terrorist put a gun to our heads, mm-hmm. as they often do, yep. and said, You need to suck Matt Healy's cock or I'm gonna shoot you in the head, <laughs> we could sort it out. <laughs> Zane, what do you think of this terrorist? Honestly, I remember the first time he 
put a gun to my head and thought, fucking hell, you know, this is a game changer. So, yeah, um, and the band got together at school um, and um, they, they were basically, I mean, they released their first album and that was it. The mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. Do you know what I mean? But he is, I mean, I think. No, not really. Boom, 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 boom. It was like 10 years of like nobody cares about us and then they put the, and then they just caught fire. He was saying in the thing, they went to the Deaf Institute in Manchester and they were like, he was like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't actually play here a lot when we were coming up. It was when we just caught fire. Mm. And he says there was a, the iPhone had just came out and there was a girl on the balcony and she filmed it like that and like put it on YouTube. And then that's what caught and he realised like the power of the internet. And now every, every record's a kind of, it's like we say, it's like <clears throat> stunt, not stunts, but like just doing his job of being a pop star basically by using technology in a new way, the same way that, you know. So you think that, that- do you, do you, how pre-planned do you think these sort of controversial or sort of like viral moments are on stage? Do you think he's going like, oh, tonight I'm going to eat raw meat and then that'll, people will film that and then that'll sort Did of he eat raw up. meat? Well, that question brings us very nicely to this week's quiz. quiz. Um, here's a quiz about Matty Healy's behaviour on stage. Oh, okay. It's a true or false. Uh-huh. Okay. True or false. Did he or did he not? There's only four of these. Yeah. So true or false. Um, Matty Healy um, checked a girl's ID before kissing her during a live performance. Correct. That is true. Correct. I thought that was yeah. going to be like a, a, a trick question of, oh, that was actually after the performance or something. Um, true or false, Matt Healy's checked a girl's ID uh, at a gig before allowing her to purchase ibuprofen. <laughs> incorrect. That is, it's false. Yeah. It's true or false. Not, oh, okay. not correct or incorrect. I'm playing my own game. <laughs> <laughs> True or false, Matt Healy ate raw meat on stage. You brought it up, so I'm going to say true. That is true. Yeah. Yes, three out of three. Was he do, do you remember that guy who came out? Sorry to interrupt your quiz, but remember that guy who was like, I only eat raw meat. The, the liver king. The liver king. Yeah. I only eat raw livers. And that's it why I'm out, so fucking buff. Turned out he was doing a lot of anabolic steroids. Yeah, yeah. yeah which, but they were raw. Um, yeah, he didn't cook them. Last one. Um, so he, yes, it's just sorry. True, he did eat raw meat on stage. True or false, Matty Healy ate ass on the stage. Incorrect. That is, uh, as far as I know, that mm. is incorrect. False. Respect. But, uh, some would say that he eats ass every time he gets up on stage. No, that's incorrect. Not me, though. No. Not me. That's cruel. Um, so, oh, do you know where the band, the name The 1975 comes from? Is this part of the quiz? Can oh, I get a bonus be. point if I get it right? Sure. I believe it was a quotation from the back of a Jack Kerouac book. On the Road, which On we have road. spoken about it. before. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. But he seems like the type of guy who would... Love it. Well, it speaks to him being a 21-year-old fucking philosophy student doing coke at a house party. Do you know what? Yeah, yeah it's a wee bit cringe to be that type of guy, but I think if you're going to be a pop star, you need to be a wee bit cringe. So you need, to, you need to be an avatar of, mm-hmm. like, something. In the same way that Morrissey was an avatar of, like, the rejection of the materialism of the 80s. And he's like, I'm wearing NHS fucking glasses were like very plain with the Smiths. I think the 1975 is like too much online, mm-hmm. like doom scrolling. It just like captures a very cringe modern thing, which maybe does it amazingly. Well, he kind of gets away with it for being just that, showing just that little glimpse of being self-aware about it all. Mm-hmm. So kind of, I think just sort of like, just curves. Because if he was just pure cringe, he wouldn't be famous. 
the band would not be good. Well, he's a good looking guy. He's a good songwriter. Mm-hmm. And he's got cool hair. And uh, famous parents. And famous mum and dad. Well, that was the thing in the Nepo Baby thing was like in the thing, um, Zane Lowe's trying to bring up, oh, you were coming up during like, you know, when you were a teen, your mum and dad were in the tabloids and the tabloids here with monsters, you know. Like, what was that? And he's like, oh, it was nothing, you know. And he's like, no, what about your mum and dad? And he was like, in the Nepo Baby Olympics, I've came last place. Like, mm. I, this, what, what is the line from my mum was in Coronation Street to selling out Madison Square Garden? There is no line there. But it's just because they're rich, and when you're rich, you can afford to fail over and over again. Well, I, I, and you presumably have some industry connections. And, no, and, come on. Are you mad? Of course they do. They might not have, like, they might not know the fucking head of EMI or whatever. No, they but, don't. But if you are in the arts, you know other artists. Do you know what I mean? So with a different so, of privilege, though. Well, sure, but it yeah. still exists. I mean, growing up, I mean, how many of our parents had musician friends? My dad's only friend was the drummer in The Simple Minds. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bad example. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Baby. No, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, my dad, did, my dad did do the hair for Guy Tank, Manda, and uh, Dan Clark's How Not to Live My Life, but let's not go into that. I'm not an Apple baby. Anyway, like, I, I'm not saying that, it's, you know, like, this isn't maximum criticism. People, you can't help who your parents are or whatever, and uh, I don't think it's the same. Obviously, it's not the same as me. You Tell that to Macaulay Culkin because he did divorce his parents. Obviously, it's not the same as your dad fucking working for Raytheon or whatever, but there is an element of it. If your parents are famous on TV, then you are, you, first off, you have access to different media yeah. people, you know, PR people. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying he he disagrees with you. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He is no, like, his biggest crime is not being as smart as he thinks he is. So a ghetto said that to me when I was a teenager, and it stung. <laughs> when, I mean, no one is as smart as they think they are. I think I'm actually smarter than I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, do I talk about the record? We got more homework to do. Uh, no, let's get into it. Um, it opens with the song "The 1975," which all of the albums open with. They said uh, it was like um, they wanted to do. So the first two records, which is the black and white one, and then the neon pink version on a white background, which is the same cover. They had very similar uh, songs opening them. So now every record they do starts off with a song called "1975," and they wanted it to be like you know when you turn on like a Sega Mega Drive game and it yep. goes like. They wanted to be like, oh, every time you listen to one of our records, it's like you're loading up your game. For a band that is incredibly online, swing and a miss because it makes it very hard to Google any information because you've got a song, you've got five different songs called The 1975 yeah. by a band called The 1975 who have an album mm-hmm. called The 1975. Yeah. It's complete, like, I mean, finding any anything about this song is... All the extra stuff you have to do. <laughs> but then that's the kind of reward you get as you go on Genius.com and you click on the lyrics for the whole album and you click the top one, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it, but it's not, it's like Chiverchi's obviously put the V in their name so that to make themselves more Googleable. Uh-huh. And that is, that's being online. That's smart. That's smart modern thinking. The 1975, by the 1975, from the album, the 1975. That's the, that fucking meme about um The Room. By who? The Room, the film. Uh-huh. You know, the meme that's like... Oh, hey, Mark. No. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> that's what... 
It's it's um. What's the name of the guy from the room? Tommy Wiseau. Sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Idris Elba yeah. The fuck man <laughs> The fuck <laughs> Alright James The Tommy is that The meme is like Oh a film produced by Tom Wasai Written by Tom Wasai You know It's just his name loads of times That's, mm. what, that's what that is 1975 1975 1975 We've done that The St. Vetus By St. Vetus On yeah. the album St. Vetus The 1970s Original Doom Thresh song The second it started I was like Oh hello LCD sound system Oh my god do, do, do. He just wants to be all my friends. Which is honestly, I didn't know what to expect for this. I thought maybe oh maybe they're doing something different. See when I heard that, I was like, see if they do a whole record of an LCD sound system style New York disco pastiche. I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. That's exactly what I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Can't enjoy LCD sound system anymore because they're a bunch of fucking um, you know money come sucking freaks. These what days. else did they do recently? They'd done an Amex exclusive show. You could only buy tickets to CLC Sound System in New York if you had an Amex card. Are you kidding on, James? You've got enough money? Come on, to fuck. You freak. Where are your friends tonight? Oh, they can't get in because they bank with Lloyds. Lloyds <laughs> <laughs> TSB, man. <laughs> <laughs> They've amalgamized. Um, but yeah, when I first heard that, I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So pretty cool. I hope you're seventeen, you know, and you're like, oh, but then that never comes back. That was he said, it never comes back. <laughs> yeah, that is it, isn't it? And uh, then the second song comes in, Happiness, right? And here is this is what was good about this, right? Uh-huh. This was I was immediately felt uh, rewarded for the work we put into the podcast. Okay, because one of my original aims for this podcast was that we ourselves would learn so much about contemporary music along the way we would become scholars in modern pop music yeah okay the second it came on and i've read nothing about this album i never do i listen to the album first and then i do my research came on i was like this has jack antonoff's dirty mitts all yeah. over it and i messaged you straight away saying this sounds like jack antonoff and again that was before i'd looked it up mm. and correct now i don't think being able to spot a jack antonoff produced tune is that fucking incredible? I think if you know much about him. Do you have you seen the video of the guy listening to the last Taylor Swift record and he listens to the first two seconds of every song and goes, Yeah, that's him. Yep. Yeah, that's him. That's not him. Oh, that's him. Like straight away. Yeah. So when I saw that, I thought, wow, that guy's incredible. And then you listen to it, and once you've know his sort of tropes, mm. then it is it does become easy. But I was like, we've spoken before about sometimes you listen to one of these records and you go, I wonder if this band ever listened to this band. And then you Google it and you're like... Turns out they let them open for them in 1992 and the you know, crowd bottled them or something. And you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I'm so clever about music. I'm so smart and cool. But uh, yeah, the, the Jack Antonoff, there is that sort of 80s, that muted bass... 80s muted funk. Um, that is a Jack Antonoff On the verge of Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> a wee bit. The 1975? Well, they weren't even born that year. <laughs> What's the deal with asking? I mean, Jay Seinfeld should be asking girls for their ID before he kisses or tell that much. 1975? Were you even born that year? <laughs> if so, not interested. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening. Being funny in a foreign language? Try being funny in this language. He has done and he's done it very well. So Happiness by uh, this group, 1975, co-written by 
DJ Sabrina, the teenage Sabrina. No. <laughs> Co-written by DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know who she is, but it's a great name. Great name. I looked at it, yeah. Oh, I wish I wrote that down, actually. She was get this great interview with her, and she's talking about like her style, and she's like, yeah, I'm kind of coming at it from a kind of on the tail end of the Hallmark wave forward slash Disney wave movement. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what but the then Hallmark- I it and I was like, yeah, yeah. The Hallmark wave slash Disney wave movement. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's this big thing, sweet Remember the Violent Femmes were on Sabrina? Uh, no. Yeah. Sabrina Teenage Witch theme. You can tell it's a good theme because you can sing the title of the episode to the theme. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is Sabrina. She's a teenage witch and Sabrina. She's a teenage witch and she's here to make you laugh. Is it Caroline Rhea? She does stand up. No, it sounds like I was horny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, I think she came and did the fringe and she was a bit mad. Or maybe we shouldn't talk wow. about this. Wow. <laughs> you going to do that to a female comedian? Make their way in this world? You going to say she comes over here and gets the hysterics? Come on, show some respect to women. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Sorry, um, Caroline Rhea. I heard um, she was pretty crazy, though. <laughs> <clears throat> what did she do? Um, I do, do you know what? Let's not speak out a ton about Caroline Rhea. I think it'd be let's show some respect. Too much info needed, uh, to too much context needed to go into it. She went on the Reverend Obadiah Steppenwolf the third show, um, and didn't like it. But then you, you know, know what you're getting in. If you're going quite a contentious character, can be, <laughs> can be sometimes. So who knows? What other songs do you like in this record? Um, uh, Caroline. Caroline, Caroline, I did do, I didn't listen to the record. Um, <laughs> no, I did. No, it's just there's a lot of songs about Carolines. There's Caroline, yeah, and there's Sweet Caroline, yeah. What's with the? Do you think some just a musical name? Caroline, yes, by um, the Beach Boys. Yeah. Caroline, no, by the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, Sweet Caroline. Yeah, uh, or Caroline, Carolina by the Girls. What's with the Carolines? It's just a great word. Yeah, it's a great name. Um, I, I I like that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I'm in love with you. I, 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 I. I liked it because if he was Scottish, it would be, I'm in love with you. I, I, I. And he'd be saying yes four times. Yes, 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 yes. It's one thing I like about um, the uh, Irish band Fontaine's DC, mm-hmm. right? You know, when some bands are like, they need a word to feel something. So it'll be like, yeah, or... Ooh, or baby. Yeah. Fontaine's DC just go, ah, yeah. It's just sound like they're in pain. It's yeah. great. They do it in most songs. They go, ah, yeah, I'm on fire. Fucking hell. Ah, lads. Oh, God, lads. Will you stop? So, like the Viper. You ever see that? No. Viper. What's that? From, um, oh, what's that called? I know the guy. Who's the guy? I don't know Viper actually. He's, 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 he's a, the the. Oh. This is good podcasting. No, I'm sure we've had this exact same conversation like four episodes ago. It's like an Irish sitcom right. set in like Cork. Okay. And there's a guy called the Viper. Oh, he's right. a drug dealer. <laughs> All right, lads. He's great. He's got ah. And he sounds like he's a, he's a skinny tiffy about the Fontaine's DC. 
Um, I like the song Part of the Band. Yeah. Ma, ma, ma. Um, Watching in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, lyrically, um, the band, again, it's that thing of like, it, it just, it, it te- when you teeter on cringe like that, mm-hmm. when you try and talk about the things that they try and talk about, it's very easy Can to it Online stuff? Not, yeah, online stuff, but also just them being like, just the way they write, it's like, yeah, we just write, we're just honest and we write in our own voices and we're funny and it's it's like... I've written some lame lyrics that they've, they've written. So um, in, in part of the band, he says, I like my men how I like my coffee, full of soy and won't offend anybody. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I've never been offended by coffee. In the 1975, part of 1975, he says, uh, feeling apathetic as I'm scrolling through hell. Think I've got a boner, but I can't really tell. I like that a lot. As somebody who's been scrolling, sometimes I just scroll for hours, and I do. I appreciate the fact that they're attempting to. But think, um, I've got a boner, and I can't really tell. Was more the cringy. Sometimes you can't think I've got a boner, and I can't really tell. And it's like, oh my god, my head is thinking about boners. If you're a seventeen-year-old girl, this is life-changing stuff. Whilst QAnon created a legitimate scene, but it was just some bloke in the Philippines. I love that. That was that guy. Do you know that? Mile, Ian Miles Jong or something mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. pretends he's like really involved with America but he just lives in the Philippines and he's never left yeah yeah and loads of QAnon bots I, I love the well. fact that there's a big pop record that's like number one album in Britain and mm-hmm. they're talking about Ian Miles Jong yeah but you know the 1975 like contradiction is and they were called out for this during the last election um, as being a band who fronts themselves for being very political but whenever there's an actual election just go completely fucking silent my favourite band, Los Campesinos, called them out for that because I've said it before. Los Campesinos, if you are a fan of the band, they will pay for you to join a union at your work. They are proper uh, left-wing people and they had that go at the 1975 and they had that go at idols yeah. for being absolute um, LBC centrist dweebs. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember that. Idols, I remember, then there was footage of them saying on stage that you should vote Labour and stuff like that. And I remember there being lots of tweets then being deleted. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna pussies. we're gonna do an episode on no, but it was the Los Campesinos. Oh, yeah, yeah. and you, I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't delete anything. <laughs> but um, other but than my entire Twitter feed before 2019, which I used a thing called Tweet Delete to get rid of. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Okay, that's interesting because everybody should do that. Yeah, every now and then just purge. It's something this the 1975 purge all their social media before they announce um uh new things. Mm. Um so uh but yeah, so they are it's like they're sort of like they their politics are kind of like it's what is acceptable left-wing politics more the than Overton that. window of being a young person. Yeah, so they wave the LGBT flag and and stuff like that. But when it actually comes to Speaking about what is going on, mm-hmm. you know, they put Greta Thunberg on her record, but then when there's an election, it's like, well, who should we vote for then, Matt? Oh, it's hard to say you should vote for. Imagine being like a cool rock star who's like wearing a long jacket, standing on top of a burnt out car, and you're like, vote for Keir Starmer. I mean, you can't. Well, no, this is pre Starmer, though, that election, uh, wasn't it? Corbyn you know what I mean? That was the Corbyn. I mean, Little Mix came out for Corbyn mm-hmm. at that election. That's Imagine having less radical politics than Little Mix. <laughs> Little fix. You fucking pussies. Fifth scrapping here, whatever the fuck. Fifth shamany, what, what were they called? What do you think of the album cover? Love it. Honestly, what a great photo. I wear a long jacket as well. 
really saw myself. See, when I seen him in the Zane Low thing, and he's wearing this jacket and he's got a shirt on, he's got grey in his hair. I was like, I could be this guy. For the audio listener, Matt uh, Healy has stood on a burnt out car that has been graffitied and is on a beach somewhere. Mm. Um, he's uh, stood on top of it wearing his long coat, sort of looking down at the, the bombed out car. Big leather gloves doing a wee dance. I think yeah. it's a striking image. One thing about this record is that uh, he was saying, you know, a lot of times, obviously he can just talk for England about himself because he's a narcissist, right? But he was saying, uh, you know, when I was writing this... Um, Writing other records, I was like, I have to talk about everything that's ever happened, everything that will happen, my entire life. But for this one, it's more like a Polaroid, you know, it's like a moment in time. It's like, it starts, it ends, and it is. And I was like, um, everything does that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, everything starts, ends, and is. But th- it's like that fucking, uh, you know, when Harry Styles was in the film, and he was like, the thing I love about this film is like, you can tell it's a film. <laughs> I think that actually, guys like Harry Styles and Matt Healy are kind of the one worst enemies in trying to say smart things mm. in situations like that. He's smarter than Harry Styles. So. Sure, but he yeah. says stupid things. In that interview um, where he said the atheist stuff, he also said, I just think that art is the only thing we have outside of everything else. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? It means you're not heroin, man. <laughs> you know, I think I I, I I wanted to hate him this week. I, I wanted to go, oh, let's make fun of this guy. Everything I've seen him say, I was just like, good. I'm like that sometimes. I think people, and I, I read this uh, article called um, Why It's Sexist to Hate the 1975 or something like that, which wasn't what changed my mind. I'm not trying to appease some blogger. Uh, but I did think uh, it was saying, like, you know, guys don't like this guy because he, he is cringe on stage. Mm. He's very kind of sexually open and stuff like that. And guys watch that and go, oh, I couldn't do that. So I hate him. And I think people do hate in people the most what they see in themselves. You know, and all the things that I'm trying to love myself a wee bit more these days, you know. And I watch him do cringe stuff or like have an earring. And I'm like, God bless you. I um I, I was impressed with the Madison Square Garden show, despite all the cringy stuff. This, this sounds amazing. And I think the songs are good. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. And there's a point in the chicken shop date where Amelia Dindinborg <laughs> asks him, I love her. Uh, asks him what, what's your favorite lyric that you have written? Mm-hmm. And he sort of struggles, and then he says, there's one in this album where, and I'm probably going to slightly misquote it, paraphrase it, but he says the lyric is, I think I'm falling in love with you, or I'm falling in love with you. Oh, I think it's I love you so much. I think it's I love you so much. Uh And she's kind of like making fun of him going, but I mean, that's, anyone could write that. And he goes, exactly. Mm. And I, I was like, okay, that was cool. He's pretty cool. I like him. I really wanted to hate him. I wanted to go, you're a fucking pedo. Yeah. Kissing the girls. But then I thought, I mean, you shouldn't be doing that really, but God bless you. I think his cringiness is the price you have to pay for um, what is quite a good band. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to listen to them much. They're not that interesting, I don't think. Great songwriting. Good songwriting. They're just, I mean, I, I, I haven't listened to their other albums. Maybe it's the Antonov effect. It mm. just sounds, they're just, it is just so produced. Yeah. He was saying, he was like, you know, I'm a, cause I, a while ago, he was like, you know, Arctic Monkeys in the, in the teens. No, he was like, Arctic Monkeys in the noughties. We want to be the Arctic Monkeys of like this decade. Mm. And 
Now I think it, he was saying he was like, you know, he doesn't compare himself to like royal blood or like British bands. He's more like I'm on. I want to be compared to Taylor Swift or Lana Del Rey, or that's why he got Jack Antonoff for this record. He was like Lana Del Rey is like he he produced the last one of hers. I want to be produced hers. I want to be like Kendrick, Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and I think that comes across. He's a pop star. Yeah. Who wants his friends around because they keep him sane. This is more 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 pop than than rock, hundred percent. Maybe the early albums have uh, something else to say about that, but we need to blast into uh his tattoos. Every week we have a segment, tattoo woohoo, tattoo boohoo. Two guys reviewing tattoos. We're gonna go live and search and we choose if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. We're judging the ink, yeah, that's what we do. Do 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 full sleeve or face that's big skull or wing that you picked the design is it better just fine. Or dragging our skull pretentious or no, you got an eye and we will decide if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. Yeah. At times two speed today. We've only got 10 minutes left, don't we? Fucking. Okay, we need to find First tattoo. This is it. On his chest, he's got. Oh, we've got the classic sailor tat style. Two hands shaking. Annie. So we're two, yeah, two True love. So we've got for the audio listeners um, sailor style. Mm -hmm. um, his nipple is on stage. Uh, on stage, on show, even. Should you get that, um, that mole checked? We've got a love heart. Um, with two hands shaking above it, and then above that, two doves. Mm -hmm. And written is the word Annie, and underneath the heart, written are the words True Love. Annie was his grandmother. Right, that's interesting because yeah. you have a rose because of your grandmother. Yeah, I have a right? rose. I have. Um, this is why you like May Healy. Why well, I kept seeing myself in them, and I have a fucking chest tattoo. And you have a, a heart. You have uh, yours is anatomically correct. We have a heart yeah. over your heart, and so does he. I have. Uh, don't forget from my, my granny. Yeah. Okay. And I got it at Niagara Falls. Yeah. So I thought me. that was cool. I don't know if I've said this, but I thought that was like a cool place to get a tattoo. Turns out that's like saying, oh yeah, I got a tattoo of my grandmother in Blackpool. Right. It's like yeah. the same kind of vibe. Anyway, I'm giving it a huge woohoo because I basically have it. Um, yeah. What do you think? Uh, sure, woohoo. Okay, next tattoo, woohoos. Newcastle. <laughs> You know, seen uh, that before? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I didn't look at the tattoos because I wanted a fresh reaction. Uh -huh. That is fucking dog shit. Yeah, it's Newcastle United. And then, is that the Newcastle logo? It's a unicorn no. with mermaid legs? No. Wait, okay. First off, it's not a unicorn. Unicorns have a... Oh, like, I they're, thought they're, that was a horn. It's just a defining hair. feature is a horn, okay? So it's, it's a, a horse? It's with... a seahorse. It's like a joke because it's like a horse and a, and a mermaid. Because a seahorse right. is the joke. Okay. And then written in And is a seahorse their logo? No, they're the magpies. That's weird, isn't it? I'm giving it up. It says a, Newcastle United in like black, black, like in like handwriting letters. Mm -hmm. Then that makes sense because his dad is Geordie. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we all know why women watch football. Right. I'm going to give it a woohoo. Really? Yeah. And it's like, what's going on there? Who it's, knows? A boo, it's a boohoo. It isn't. No, it's a boohoo from me. Come okay. on. Any, any tattoo that makes me laugh like that, I think, is a boohoo. Okay, let's see the next one. And then he's got a tattoo. It says, in handwriting again, kind of capital letters. Kind of the Simpsons font, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Groening. Um, it says... Matty Groening. <laughs> yeah. God, I remember when the Simpsons first came out. <laughs> Put it on Radio 1. Uh, weak messages create bad situations, it says. And I would say that this in and of itself is a weak message because I don't know what it means. Weak messages create 
bad situations. Imagine you're at a house party and a guy goes, you want to see my new tat? And you go, all right. And he rolls up his sleeve and he's got a tattoo that says, weak messages create bad situations. I was like, oh, what weak message did I do to come here? Yeah. Because this is a bad situation. When did he get this? Fuck knows. It seems like some of the faux philosophy that people sometimes pick up in recovery, rehab and stuff. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I know a few people with similar tats. They just get like a slogan on them. Yeah. Um, Tattoos are very addictive. No, totally. Especially when you get a, like a, an idea in your head about a certain phrase or something. Mm. But weak messages create bad situations. It, also, it's bad grammar. Weak messages create bad situations. Is that right? Is that bad grammar? I think so. Weak messages create bad You should situations. never end on a supposition. <laughs> you should, I'm going to get that tattooed on <laughs> <in> my arm. <laughs> Poor grammar creates bad situations. I'll tell you that, mate. That's a boohoo. Yeah, I'm going to give that a boohoo, but I like that though too. But God bless him, you know, I like the boy a lot. <laughs> I really I, I believe, wanted to hate him. I just wish, I, you know, I think all of his behaviour would be more acceptable if he was like just eight years younger. Do you know what I mean? Like he's my age. He was eight years younger eight years ago. That's true. I should. <laughs> <laughs> you are good at, you're good at maths, you know, you know that stuff. Um, I'm actually smarter than I think I am. The album, just to quickly sum up, is a sort of tour de force of pop rock, okay? It is a lot of good... I would just say pop. There's no fucking riffs or anything in this. Anthemic, um, you know, good... Like, there's some other stuff. There's kind of like ballads and stuff. And there's like a wee country bit and there's like piano. Warren Ellis shows up from uh, The Bad Seeds yep. to play violin very hauntingly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does a Christmas song near the end, which is quite cool. Wintering. Yeah. Um, it's very Paul Simon. It's super pulsing. Yeah, I woke up in this Christmas theme and I was... <laughs> Which yeah. I really liked that song. Mm-hmm. It's moments of what I like. I don't Mother, think... you are 64 years old. I would recommend watching the Madison Square Garden, uh, the first half of which is all songs from this album. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I think they... The thing is, remember, I remember that I said about Harry Styles that he's always threatening to be interesting. <laughs> Well, he's threatened. He's he is interesting. Th- this is what oh, I mean. Yeah. So he he is doing what Harry Styles can only dream of. Yeah, but he's still. I think he's just. It's just out of reach of anything that's actually substantial. Do you I know what I mean? I don't know. I think there's, I think there's some substance in here, and um, I think it's quite good. I enjoyed the album this week. I'll see it. I yeah. enjoyed the album. I, I enjoyed listening. Did I think it was the best thing I've ever heard? No, mm. but well, uh. Go back and listen to his older stuff? No. <laughs> nah, well. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I will do that. And if a new one comes out in two years, I'll listen to that as well. I thought, honestly, I thought, God, he's one of the few people who's alongside Alana Del Rey who's actually trying to kind of speak about the way the world is. Well, I think Lana Del Rey does it much more effectively. Yeah, probably. Um, and that album, Norman fucking Rockwell, if this is trying to be that then it just falls short mm-hmm. same producer um but um that should we do the land of the Ray record when it comes out the tunnel under hollywood boulevard or whatever sure yeah let's do that uh what every week we add two songs to the playlist they enjoy our playlist playlist on spotify and apple music you said playlist four times in a row yeah playlist 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 <laughs> uh we add one song from the record mm-hmm. and then one song inspired by a conversation um, from the record this week, I'm going to put Caroline. Oh yeah, or Caroline, which I thought was the funnest. Mm, I just enjoyed it. It's like um, 
catchy, mm-hmm. fun, simple. Doesn't have really wank lyrics. Um, I think 1975 are the best. Wow. We're going to put on Happiness, Cold Written by DJ Sabrina, the teenage Sabrina. No, and the teenage DJ. <laughs> uh, Sabrina the teenage Sabrina. Yeah. Um, with Salem on DJ. I did like I'm in love with you a lot though. And I liked about you as well. I had the singer for Japanese Breakfast on it as well. Uh, happiness is, I think, the best example of the album of a typically Jack Antonoff produced yeah. song. So if you listen to that, you'll be, you'll be like, right. I would love to hear because they had a, another producer originally. From the they... guy who produced um, 22 a Million by Bonnevere. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear echoes of that in this with some of the fucking kind of j- background yeah. horns. Yeah. Yeah, but without all the weird auto tune stuff. Although I do love that uh, 22 Million album. If you listen to the last 1975 album, that starts off, the way it starts off with LCD Sound System riff on this one, mm. there's like a Kanye West tune voice. You know, do you see the video where somebody's felt falling down at his show and he's trying to do the auction stuff, but he's like, I'm fucking bigger up. Someone's falling <laughs> down, don't be an asshole. It's like really cool. I'm fucking out. Um, the song is by a chat. I'm going to put on um, another Jack Antonoff produced song by someone we've spoken about. But I love this song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put on Venice Bitch by Lana Del Rey. Oh, um, yeah. It's an incredible nine-minute piano piece that then goes off into this weird fucking guitar solo for four minutes. It fucking bangs. It's the best song on Norman fucking Rockwell. Sick. I'm going to stick on, uh, just based on the fact that happiness is this big kind of chunk of like 80s pop revivalism and then a kind of belter saxophone solo comes in. It reminded me, I don't know if you heard it, the song Midnight City. By M83. And then Yeah. The most 2009 song there is. Yeah. Well, this sounded like that to me. It sounded mm-hmm. like, oh, that was the kind of popular hipster uh, track that became an adverts and stuff. But when it came out, it was like, mm. oh my God, this crazy French guy's really read bad stuff. And then this is the kind of the fashion cycle that just came around. What's the song? You, Me, Appearing? The first song on the M83 album? Fucking... Absolutely bangs. I'm gonna stick that one. And the saxophone solo. There was a kind of 2009 moment when everybody had saxophone. Colin Stetson was the indie rock saxophone player of choice, mm-hmm. and he has a whole album where on the front cover his cheeks are just like blown up because he's doing this crazy circular. He's doing very discordant uh, stuff. It's great. Anyway, I enjoyed the record this week and uh, I wanted to hate him, but I loved him. I, I wanted to be um, him. I, he has more credit than, uh, I'm going to give him more credit than he deserves. Uh, mm-hmm. He's uh, younger than he should be. He's not as smart as he thinks he is, um, but I think he's all right. Um, and the album is fine. That's it. Um, thank you for listening to us uh, talk about the 1975 we hope you have a wonderful week hope you enjoyed the episode and we will catch you next time for another album to be enjoyed we are going to be with Roscoe McClelland doing an album who's that him coming in just now could be could be we're going to be listening to Drunk no Punk in Drublick by NOFX with Roscoe McClelland Thank you.